0: Our God is an awesome God. I hope you enjoyed the songs this morning as much as, as, much as I did. A few weeks ago, uh, Stephen and I went camping up in the mountains. Had a tent sitting right there by the stream. And boy, at night, we just went to sleep listening to that stream. Go outside, not another light around other than those Stars. You know, you just can't see them in town. Our God is awesome. It was one of those "Be still and know that I'm God" moments. We need those. A few mornings ago, I kind of like to get up early and, and sit on the porch and do some reading. Well, it it had come a shower that night, and all the snails that came out of the flower garden was kind of spreading out, and they're funny creatures. So I kind of watched that one, knew I had oh 15, 20 minutes before I was going to have to get up and go to work. And I saw him, and I thought, you know, he's got to get from there over there to that flower bed. And all of them, what they, they'll come out at night and kind of do their thing. And then as the sun starts coming up, well, they turn around and start heading back to the flower bed. You know, I thought, you know, how do they know? That tiny brain looked it up a little bit, and their eyesight's terrible. Scientists think they have some kind of homing device where they can, you know, go get back to the garden. So you now I knew he had—he knew he had to scramble back before the sun gets up. Well, I got to reading and, and kind of forgot about him and started looking around before I went in. I didn't see him. Went in and wandered around the house a little bit and got ready to work. And as I was headed back to work, I was walking through the kitchen and heard this little sound. Looked out, well, there's that snail. God is an awesome God. A couple of weeks ago, my family and I went on a little went on a little weekend trip. We went to a drive-through safari. Got to see some awesome creatures God created. Got to feed them. You got to feed an ostrich sometime. I don't know if you've seen the video on Facebook, but seeing Lindy feed an ostrich, I hadn't laughed that hard in a long, long time. Funny creatures, weird creatures, weird acting creatures. Our God is awesome. Look at these babies. He is awesome. Not advancing. There it is. Thank you, Brent. Job 12, beginning in verse 7. But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee, Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? In whose hand is the soul of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind? It is God the creator of all these wonderful things and wonderful creatures. Psalms 104 and verse 24. O Lord, how many are thy works? In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships, there is that Leviathan, whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. That thou givest them, that thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die, and return to dust. They're all the Lord's. He created them all. The giant whales, the humpback whales, they migrate great distances. They go without food for months and months. And then in their season, God gives them bountifully. They move up to where the the krill are, tiny creatures, very tiny, hard to even see with the eye. And I'm told that they'll eat almost 8,000 pounds a day of it. God provides for them in their season. And then they go about and do their thing. Revelations 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things. For Thy pleasure they are and were created. God created it, created us, created the universe because He wanted to. Because it would give Him pleasure. Because He could. And He did. Psalms 148 and verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from heavens. Praise Him in His heights. Praise ye Him, all His angels. Praise ye Him, all His hosts. Praise ye Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all ye stars of light. Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. And let's not forget that. And let's make sure our children know that. We, the created, we can't tell how we were created. We need revelations from God from that. Those that believe in a Big Bang Theory, those that believe in a theory of evolution, they use a wrong interpretation of biology, of physics. They use the science And then they make predictions based on what they think and what they want to think. But they don't base that on scriptures. And it's a bad interpretation of biology. It's a bad interpretation of physics. But we should have a clear revelation from God with the scriptures. And that needs to guide our view of creation, guide how we view creation, and guide as we study science, young people. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 20. Paul is writing to young Timothy and he says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. He tells Timothy, you beware, because these false teachings are going to come in. This science, this false knowledge is going to come in. And what's it going to do? Some are going to profess it and they're going to err concerning the faith. Let's not ever err concerning our faith because of the false teachings we hear concerning the creation of God. True science can be observed. It can be experimented. You do these experiments and time after time you'll get the same results. I'm a science teacher at heart. I love the subject. But whether a dolphin was created on the fifth day of creation, as the Bible tells us, or whether it was created over hundreds of millions of years, we can't observe it. We can't reproduce it. We can't see it. Evolution is not science. The Big Bang Theory is not science. It is false It's a false theory. God created science. God created the laws of nature and He did it in six days. He didn't follow the laws of nature to create nature. He didn't need to. He created the laws. So what we need, we need a trustworthy historical record of how the universe was created. And we have it right here in the Holy Scriptures. Creation was a supernatural event outside of the laws of nature. We can't expect to come up with a scientific explanation for how God created the world any more than we can expect a a scientific explanation of how Jesus walked on water or how He raised Lazarus. Or how Peter healed the lame man after the day of Pentecost, which we studied just a few weeks ago. Because they didn't follow the laws of science. When Peter healed that lame man, it wasn't done with surgery, it wasn't done with medicine, it wasn't done with therapy, it wasn't done with time. It was instant and it was miraculous, it was supernatural, not natural. Peter had received the Holy Spirit, and he healed that man in the name of Jesus. Genesis 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Jeremiah 32, 17. It says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. Is there nothing too hard for thee? No, there is nothing too hard for God. And all these wonderful things that we can view in His creation is the work of God. He spoke it into existence. He willed it to happen for His glory and for His pleasure. Why is this important? Because media, science books, schools, universities, they're going to present the theory, the Big Bang Theory, the theory of evolution, they're going to present it as fact. And we've got to tell our children that that is not so. They have to know. They have to be prepared. Because they're going to hear it over and over and over And let's not let it shake their faith, ever. It's in science books. And it causes people to question the Bible and to question their faith. If we can't trust that Genesis chapter 1 is the truth... How can we trust and put faith in all the Scriptures after that? We can't. It's a foundation. It starts with Adam. If Adam did not sin and bring death, sin and death to the world, then Christ did not need to come and save us. First Corinthians 15 and 21 says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Adam was tempted in the garden and failed, bringing sin and death to us all. Christ was tempted in the desert for 40 days by Satan. But he was victorious. And he became the perfect lamb, the only one that could pay our debt of sin. Jesus came to save because the book of Genesis is history. The fact, the truth. Adam and Eve were real people, the first people created by God. Genesis 1.27 God so created, <clears throat> so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So we are created in his own image. There are so much foundations. To Christianity, based on the book of Genesis. Here's your answer to the gender issue. We have people that will identify as a different gender, even have some kind of, of surgery to try to change it. No. God created male and female. Why don't we have marriage? Because of Genesis? Because God ordained it. Genesis 2 verse 18. These scriptures that uh, probably... I certainly can't remember, but probably every wedding sermon that's been in this building. I've probably used these verses. Genesis 2 and 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make for him a helpmate. And then in verse 24 it says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Jesus taught the sacredness of of marriage by quoting these verses in Genesis. Paul, writing to Timothy, teaches him about the role of women in the church by telling the story of Adam and Eve. And so many other lessons were with Adam. Adam is... is, uh, the story of Adam is related to why things are what they are and, and so many other things in the book of Genesis that's, that's taught by teachers of the New Testament. Why do we have rules? Why do we have right and wrong? Why are we sinners? Why is there death and suffering in the world? The book of Genesis has all these answers. And it starts with Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And we cannot stumble on this. We cannot doubt this. We have to base our faith on it. And all the scriptures after that. That God is all powerful. And He is the creator of all things. Let's talk about these theories. The Big Bang Theory. And you can spend a whole lot of time reading about this and some very... Very scientific explanations. I I tried to find the simplest one that I could. The Big Bang Theory is the idea that the universe began as just a single point of hot, tiny particles mixed with light and energy. Something happened causing it to expand and grow as large as it is now. Just Just a single point. Well, what did that single point come from? I've got absolutely no answer for that. How does this explain the rest of matter in all the universe, whatever things made of? Well, their calculations won't fit coming up with that tiny spot, so they come up with some more theories. The theory of dark matter and dark energy. Energy and matter that's out there that we can't see and we can't observe and we can't measure, but it's out there. It's the only explanation because nothing else works. That's not science. You can't just come up and, and recreate and make up more thor- more uh, what's the word? Uh, hypotheticals, more theories just to try to make yours fit because it doesn't. Well, after all this happened and this explosion and this expansion and all these things started flying bumping into each other gravity starts working on itself and then somehow after billions of years we have galaxies and and a solar system like the one that's that we live in with sun and a planet but it was lifeless how can something just come up with these burning elements and helium and hydrogen and how can all that turn into life well Here comes the theory of evolution: the hypothesis that millions of years ago, lifeless matter, lifeless matter think about that. the elements that make up pure rocks and metal and acted upon by natural forces, gave origin to one or more minute living organisms which have since evolved into all living and extinct. Plants and animals, including man. That's what is taught as fact. And that's what the mainstream media and schools of science want you to believe. We can't. And we can't let our children... How could anyone believe this stuff? Dr. George Wald, Nobel Prize winner in biology and professor emeritus, a fancy word for a retired professor, of biology at Harvard until his death in 1997 said, a man who has studied God's wonderful creation his whole life. This is what he said. There are only two possibilities as to how life arose. One is spontaneous generation arising to evolution. The other is a supernatural creative act of God. There is no third possibility. Spontaneous generation the life arose from non-living matter was scientifically disproved 120 years ago by Louis Pasteur and others. That leaves us only one possible conclusion. The life arose as a creative act of God. I will not accept that philosophically because I do not want to believe in God. Therefore, I choose to believe in that which I know is scientifically impossible, spontaneous generation arising to evolution. How sad. And how foolish. Psalms 53 and 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity. Iniquity. There is none that doeth good. Romans 1, beginning in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools." This man has studied creation his whole life. They are known. Creation reveals God to us. There's no doubt. There was no doubt in this man's mind from what he had studied his whole life about creation, but he refused to believe it. A hostile world toward Christianity embraces this notion that the world just created itself. The creatures evolved from a single something. No God, therefore no accountability. Rebellion reigns. I can do whatever I want. Practice of humanism, which we've heard about a lot in this pulpit. They are willfully ignorant because God has made Himself known. He's made His creation known. Second Peter Three, Beginning in verse 3. Knowing this first, that they shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved under fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Dr. Brian Thomas, Ph.D. in paleo-biochemistry from the University of Liverpool. Another man who studied God's creation his whole life. He said, why do I believe in biblical creation? Layers form fast, canyons form fast, radioisotope results aren't worthy, and the testimony of reliable prophets who lived in Bible days tells us how and when God made the world by His power only thousands of years ago. This is a man who didn't believe in God, but creation taught him God and that God created all things. Second Peter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation in godliness? Our belief in creation in the flood, I really don't think is what offends people. I think it's our claim that these things are real. That they really happen. That there is a creation. There was a flood. And that flood was a warning from God of future destruction and a future judgment. And if that's the case, then there's a Creator that they're going to be accountable to. Brothers and sisters, knowing all these things, what manner of persons ought you to be? That's the reason we live what we, the way we live and try to do our best to serve God and to fear God and to love God and other people because we know these things are true. There was a flood and there's going to be future destruction and judgment. We need to try the spirits. 1 John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21 says, Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. When we hear weird things, I, I like science programs. I'm a science guy. You come home and catch me watching TV, if there's, there's an animal, animal program going on, I'm showing the ecosystem in Africa or some jungle, I'm all over it. I'm fascinated. But I've got to try the spirits. And when they tell me these things evolved over millions and billions of years, I've got to know that that's not true. And our children have got to know that that's not true. We've got to teach them to prove all things, question those things. And just because somebody with a Ph.D. says something, it doesn't make it true. What makes it true is if it comes from God's Word. Let's look at creation. We read this earlier. I won't read it again. But God commanded the world and it was created. He said, let there be light and there was light. There was light and there was darkness. There was evening and there was morning. The first day. The first day. How long did it take for God to create the world? There are many ideas. Some will say, well, you can't take that literal. That day, that was like an, that was like an era, era of time. You know, that each day could have been just for thousands of years. But none of that works. It doesn't work scientifically, and it certainly doesn't work towards the Scriptures. Exodus 20, verse 8 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and in it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maiden servant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is. And rested the seventh day, wherefore God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Creation week took six days. Six literal days. A morning and an evening, a 24 hour period. Mark the 10th chapter, verse 6, says But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. From the beginning. He didn't let the Big Bang work itself out and earth form itself over billions of years and then all the evolutionary take place over a few more hundreds of millions of years to finally get male and female? No. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Isaiah 45 and 12 says, I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. Then down in verse 18 it says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. He created this world that we live in for us to live in. And he did it perfectly. And All those amazing creatures, that snail, as weird as it is, it has an ecosystem, it has a niche that it lives in, and it does its thing, and it's good at it, because it's a perfect design by God. Genesis 2, verse one: "Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them, and the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had made, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it He rested from all His work which God created and made. Why is the week seven days? It doesn't have anything to do with the sun or the moon, revelations, rotations other than days. We practice a seven day work week and it is all over the world and it was created by God. And that's why it's practiced. Each day was a 24 hour period of time and it took God six days. He took six days to create it all. So day one, we've read, read it. Heaven and earth and light were created. Day two, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day. So he created this firmament this arch in the sky, this space that divided two bodies of water. The water that is on the surface and then a water it was above the surface. I like to I enjoy thinking about this, thinking about this verse, trying to figure it out in my head, but I wasn't there. We can't prove it. It's not science. It was supernatural. But God did this. And after the flood, things were very different. Before the flood, plants, the, the earth was watered in a different way. After the flood came rain and the atmosphere as we know it. That was day two. Day three. And God said, let the waters that are under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs yielding seed and the fruit yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is, is in itself upon the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and God saw that it was good and an evening in the morning were the third day so all of the plants were created the waters were gathered seas were formed and all those plants after their kind they didn't evolve The apple tree, didn't evolve from the mesquite or the mesquite from the dandelion. God created all the plants. He created them for man. He created them for the creatures, for food. And each after its kind. Day four. Beginning in verse 14, and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light. From the darkness and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So all of the heavenly bodies were created: the sun, the moon, and the stars. And there's a reason they were created. They were created to give light upon the earth. They were created for signs and for seasons, for days and years for man to use. And an argument will be: Well, how can these stars that are millions of light years away? How can we see them? It, if it took, takes that long for light to get there. The stars, all the heavenly bodies were, made, were created for man to see and to use at creation. And all those beams of light he created also for man to use and for man to see. Time is a hard thing to define. Have you ever tried to do it? Young people say it moves too fast, older people say it, or or older people say it moves too fast, and younger too slow. But time doesn't change. It doesn't go anywhere either. It doesn't stand still. But time was created in the beginning. He set the sun and the moon in the sky. He made the earth. He made the earth a globe. And he put it on its axis so that it, so that it can spin. And each time it spins gives us a day and an evening, a day and an evening, a day and an evening. Gives us gave us a twenty-four hour period of time. Made the days measurable. He placed the stars in the firmament of heaven in specific locations. Men have been using stars to navigate and other signs for centuries. God placed it there for man to use. He set the earth in orbit around the sun. 365 days. Designed by God, in us a measurement. One year. He tilted the earth on its axis and gave us seasons. We know when to plant, we know when to harvest. Plants do their thing, the animals do their thing, we do our thing according to the seasons as God created it. You know, the sun's diameter is 400 times larger than the moon. And the sun is 400 times further away from the earth than the moon is. You know what that means? It means when we look up at the sky, the sun and the moon, they look the same size. Even though the Earth is 400 times further away. In a solar eclipse, perfect. The moon is not larger to make it, you know, so that it blocks out the whole Earth with the shade. It's not a different distance, it's a perfect distance and perfect size so that there is a narrow band of about 50 miles that someone can see a solar eclipse. Not overdone, not overdone, perfectly designed and created by our God to give us a solar eclipse. Happens two or three times a year, and if you want to see them, you're going to have to do a lot of traveling because there's just a little place that you can see it. Perfect design by God. By the, word of, <clears throat> by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. He appointed the moon for seasons and the sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness and it is night wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their, play, their prey and seek their meat. From God. The sun arises and gathers together, lay them down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work, to his labor, until the evening. All designed by God. And that's exactly how it works. You watch the programs. The lions lay around their dens, sleep during the day. Evening, critters come out, lions get to work, go hunt their prey, their meat from God. Snails get out and do their thing. Here comes the sun. Let's head back to the garden. Ecosystems, wonderful niches. We can study. They're amazing to me. Amazing creation of God. Day five. I'm not going to read all this. But on day five, all the living creatures of the sea were created, all the birds were created. My senior year of college, I was needing one more science class to graduate. And the one that I was supposed to take wasn't there, so I went and talked to the professors and said, hey, is there something else I can take? I said, well, we've got, a, we've got ornithology. You can take it. Great. Now I'm going to have to study birds for the summer. Ended up being one of my favorite classes of all times. The variety... Of God's birds is amazing. Scientists still don't know how birds migrate and find their way. Think it has something to do with um, with magnetism, but they don't know, and they don't know what's in their body to do it. And God does, because God created them. Day six. All the living creatures on earth, including man, other than the birds from day five, were created on day six. Genesis 2 and verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. God completed it, and he rested. It's an amazing creation. If you read Job, and we've heard a lot of lessons on Job, we've learned about the patience of Job. But in all this exchange between God and Job and his friends, Job needed humbled, and humbled he got. Chapters 38 through 41, God starts asking Job all these unanswerable questions about the earth, the sea, the sun, the stars, weather, nature, dinosaurs now extinct. He asked him about the weird behavior of the ostrich. All these questions that Job couldn't answer, wouldn't dare try. Job 40, verse 3, Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. God lays into him again. Amazing Job with his creation and the answers about nature and all these things that Job couldn't answer. Job answered again, I know that thou can do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not Here, I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself, and repent in dust and ashes. Job got the picture of God's wonderful creation, and he was humbled. And we know the end of the story. Job was blessed with more than what what he had before. Brothers and sisters, we cannot question this. This creation, we can't let it stumble us. We can't let it waver our faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God did not follow the rules of nature to create nature. He invented them. We need to teach our children. Young parents, teach these babies. When you're out there and they're looking at a snail, you talk to them about the wonderful works of God. Drive it into their minds. These young folks you are fixing to go back to school, Back to, school, back to universities, and you're going to be challenged. You have a strong faith. You know that God's the creator of all. So much of these things that they base, that they say is fact, is not, and it's not real science. Real science will go hand in hand with this book. John 20 and verse 29 Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Thomas had trouble believing that Christ had risen. He said, I've got to see it. I've got to put my hands in the handprints in his hands. I've got to put my hand in his side before I will believe. And then when he saw, he knew. Christ said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. We know that Christ came. We know that He lived a perfect life. We know that He died a bitter, bitter death on that cross to save us from our sins. And we know He was resurrected that third day and that gives us hope of eternal life. And we're blessed when our faith, through our faith, we understand that that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. A man by the name of G.K. Chesterton once said, When men cease to believe in God, they do not believe in nothing. They believe in everything. The lesson is yours this morning. I hope that it's been helpful. I hope that it's been strengthened into your faith as enjoyable and strengthened as it was for me never know the minds of those in the audience. There may be those that have never obeyed the gospel. If you've been properly taught, we'd love for you to come forward this morning. You can confess Christ before this audience. You can repent of your past life. And you can be buried with Christ in baptism and leave here a child of God, free of sin. You may have done that, but you have another need in your life. If you'd like to come forward and have a seat on the front pew, we'd ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.